So how prepared are you for the season? Have you set goals? Have you got a plan? Hello, this is Not Another Triathlon Podcast from British Triathlon. So this is the podcast put together with help from British Triathlon members and staff, tips and advice to get you in the best possible shape on the start line. I'm Mark Shardlow. And I'm Daniel Ward. Uh, Dan, let's just say it, you're better known, really, rather than Daniel as Triathlon Dan on YouTube. Yes, some people may know me as Triathlon Dan. I'm an amateur triathlete and I just document the journey on that platform. I've been in the sport for around 10 years now. I've progressed through most distances and had a great time along the way. And a quick hello to all British Triathlon Home Nations members. One of the perks of membership is getting access to this podcast early. Of course, there are plenty of other benefits and go to the website to get the details. And we've got three members with us today, all at different stages of their triathlon journey. Dan. Yes. So our first member is Paula Higgins. Paula has been involved in triathlon for over five years now and describes herself as a completer rather than a competer. Paula has gone from not being able to swim at all when she signed up for her first event to completing her first 70.3 middle distance triathlon last year. Just tell us about your, briefly, your triathlon journey. So as Dan said, when I first started triathlon, I couldn't even swim. Um, And I didn't know that much, well, I didn't know anything about triathlon when I first started. Uh, For me, the whole journey started as a weight loss journey. I wanted to lose a few kilos. Um, So I joined a gym started working with a personal trainer who suggested I run. Um, I started running, got up to um, 10K and decided that there was never any reason to run um, further than 10K. So I would look into something else and that something else was triathlon. So had to have swimming lessons (laughs) to be able to learn how to swim. But I learned to swim in a hotel um, spa pool that was 14 metres. So my first event, which was in a regular pool of 25 metres, was a really long way and I had to do eight lengths of it. Does that make you a tumble turning expert then, Paula? I I still can't tumble turn. Me either. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so my first event was, like I said, 200 metre swim. It was something like 12k on the bike and then a two and a half k run. Absolutely loved it. That was in 2017. And then I went online looking for things about triathlon, came across a training camp went on that in October, still not been able to swim a whole length. I'd never ridden a road bike. I did the whole week in trainers. I cycled up mountains, um, all in trainers. I swam in the sea, which I would have never done before. And I came back with a coach and a love for triathlon. So that's where it all started for me. Wow. Paula, I think our first triathlon were the same format events. I think I did a, a, a super sprint, I think it was, a very similar dis- distances. Awesome to hear. We also have Claire Walters. Now, Claire does come from a sporting background, but is still relatively new to swim, bike and run. She surprised herself during her first year in the sport with a number of podium finishes and has qualified to represent the Great Britain age group team in cross duathlon. Claire, you've just had your first season in, in triathlon, yes. but you, you come from a bike background. I've probably always had an interest in, in triathlon. Um, I used to, um, well, I've always done sort of, um, you know, training generally, whether it was gym, swimming, but biking. And I, I'd started training with, with some some triathletes, but never really got round to entering a race. Um, and then I think I picked up a bit of an injury. So I, um, with running, so I, for a few years, I just purely did cycling, got into, uh, started doing some, some racing with that for, for about a year, um, crit racing and road racing. And then during the pandemic, um, just virtual racing. 
and then I, I decided this year that I it was the year to um to start doing a, to actually enter a triathlon. What you got the bug? Oh yes, yes. Um, yeah, I think I, I got the bug from there. <laughs> I uh, decided to enter all, all of the the triathlons in the Super Series and um, surprised myself with a few podiums there and and um, coming third in the series overall. So. Dan, that's a mad first season, isn't it? Uh, that's absolutely crazy. Claire, it doesn't surprise me that you've been tempted to the multi-sport world because all I see online and hear about are the fantastic clubs in Wales. Are you a part of a triathlon club at all? And is that part of the reason why you started triathlon? For Talbot Harriers, uh, mm-hmm. the multi-sport um, uh, and, and running club. So yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of other clubs and um, you know, triathlon activity generally in this area. Excellent. I've done a couple of triathlons in Wales and the, the crowds and support have been second to none. So yeah, awesome. Our final member guest is Donald Brooks, who started triathlon in 2014 at the age of 37 and just listen to what he's achieved. He's got four world titles, six European titles and in 2022 became British age group champion in every distance and every multi-sport event. Dan, I reckon that's five British titles plus a couple each of world and Europeans. Yes, something like that. And this podcast is currently audio only, but if it was video, they would be able to see the big trophy cabinet behind Donald at the minute. One other thing about Donald is that he spent 20 years representing Great Britain at another sport, and it's a weird one. But in my fledgling days as a sports reporter, I got my first paycheck uh, for an article covering this sport. It is underwater hockey, otherwise known, Donald, as Octopush. There you go. That's a small world. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically played with two teams in a swimming pool where masks, snorkel and fins, and you've got a small lead puck weighs about 1.2 kilos, played on the bottom of the pool with a small bat. There's a trough at each end and your your team has to get the puck into the opponent's goal. Fast pace, quick, up, down, hypoxic, holding your breath, a couple of breaths and then back down again. So, um, yeah, very good training for um, where I came to later at triathlon. That sounds fantastic training, doesn't it, for the... For the swim bit, especially in a big competitive field, then why, when you're so good at one sport and you've represented Britain for 20 years, do you do you switch and make the switch to triathlon? I wanted a change, and um, from the swimming club, I've been doing masters swimming since probably my about 2021, um, as in when I was 20, 21 years old, not the year. Um, so and. Some of those are multi-sport athletes and the local tri-club used to do an aquathlon that was run out of the pool I swam at and I saw them doing that and I would go at that and my wife's into running so we both used to do those aquathlons which were 600 meter swim and then a 5k run. Then I did a couple of running events and then did my first triathlon in 2014 um, which was a local sprint distance one, which I got somebody that couldn't race its space at very last minute, ended up by my first tri suit at registration because the club was selling some kit, and I came fourteenth and was really hooked, and um, it just progressed from there. The rest is history, as they say. So, Paula, let's let's talk about like preparing for the season. You said earlier you you got yourself a coach, so you're a member of a tri club and a coach. Yeah, so my coach is the owner of the company that runs the camps, which I go to every year now. I always try and go to a camp in the spring. And I'm all separately a member of a tri-club. But yeah, so my coach, a lot of it is 
um, virtual. I see him every year on camp, obviously. And then we do a couple of things during the year, swim clinic, that type of thing. So does he help with your planning then? Well, gosh, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. I would not have a clue how to um, plan. So when I first started, running is my favourite discipline, always has been. And I was struggling to improve my 5K and 10K times. And he told me that's because I'm a plodder. So my way of improving my time was just to keep running, just keep running the distance and hope that I get faster because I, I knew nothing. So any talk about intervals and fartleks and, you know, different kinds of training, I had no clue. But I considered myself to be a runner. So, yeah, my coach is definitely a big part of planning. Are there any sessions your coach sets you that you really don't like, Paula? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I like running, but I don't particularly like long runs with limited structure. So sometimes it will be, so the long run might be two hours um, and there will be, um, you know, some speeds kind of bits at the beginning or at the end maybe, but then the middle might be um run at this pace for an hour and 20 minutes and I hate those um even though I love running um so yeah there there are there are sometimes when he'll set something and I'll think oh gosh I really don't want to do that you sound like even though you're relatively new to the sport like you really understand it and you like the structure of the training and is that has your coach instilled that in you do you think or is that how you operate in like other areas of life um I am I'm definitely a planner um, and I like things to be structured. So my job is project and program management. So that is all about understanding what the end product is, you know, what the, what the goal is, and then developing a plan to achieve it. So I'm definitely that way inclined. I think as well, so I know I'm, I'm never going to be on a podium. Uh, well, very unlikely to be on a podium. Never say never. <laughs> my goal is always to, to, to finish. And so far, I've finished everything that I've attempted. So, yeah, I think planning is a key to that. How important is it for you, Dan, planning? Very important. More so just logistically. I mean, everybody on this call today, I'm assuming, has other commitments in life other than, than the sport. So for me, I have to plan, you know, really simple, boring things like if we're going to go away for the weekend to an event, who's going to look after the cat? <laughs> who's going to, uh, can we finish work early on a Friday? Those sorts of things. So um, I think logistically, it's sometimes quite difficult to do everything you want to do in the triathlon world, but um, you fit in what you can, don't you? And Donald, you know, you've done so much. Uh, you won so much last season. When it comes to like goals for 2023, where's, where do you get your motivation? Or do you set yourself targets at the start of the year? What sort of triathlete are you? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I did do very well last year and I could just try and repeat it. But I always try and plan my next season from thinking what I really enjoyed about the previous one or the one before and look at some new challenges, some new goals moving forward also. For this season, a lot of people have said, Kona's got to be on your bucket list, hasn't it? And I hadn't really gone to the full distance until I did one last year. And I must admit, it, I've it's something I would like to do. And it was, I was sort of planning around going Kona, but then Ironman changed the whole um, configuration and it's going to be in Nice now, not Kona. So I was sat on the fence whether I'd go long next year or not, but I've, I've made that decision now and I am going to target Nice. But um, yeah, I find, try and pick out some key races I want to do that are going to be slightly different or where they're going to be in the world as well. Um, I've got a young family and a full-time job. It's difficult for me to travel 
too far away long haul flight. So I knew the 70.3 Ironman Worlds were going to be in Finland this year. So I thought I'll target those from a couple of years ago. So that was planned a few years in advance. And then I'll see what can fit around that. I pick my Nash, I sort of like your biggest events first and then work back and then to if there's any British ones I can go to or even local ones. Is, is it the big events that attract you, Donald? Or are you looking at things like, oh, that looks a nice course or that looks particularly challenging? Because as you say, you've been very successful last year with, with, with winning titles and that's absolutely fine to be motivated by that. Is that, what you, is that what you look for in a race for a real challenge? It was last year, yes. Um, the British titles have always been a sort of goal at the back of my mind. So last year, that, they were the only ones I'd travelled away nationally for. And it was just coincidence that they they were spread out nicely through the year started in March and finishing in October so um, it had a long time whereas this year they're all clumped together right at the end of the year and they conflict with say the Nice race or the Finland race or the worlds in um, Pontevedra so yeah there's um, there's lots of you've got to pick which race you can do uh, because a lot of them do clash weekends wise similar to Paula I'm never likely to finish on a, on a podium, but the attraction of those events still appeal to me. The fact that people like yourself will be there and many other good athletes. It's weird, isn't it, how that actually makes me want to be a part of it. I think, Claire, earlier you said you, like, you entered all the Super Series events. So is that a similar sort of thing? Do you, is it because there's a, there's a title or a championship thing on the line? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it's good to have that goal of um, the overall in, in the series. And if you have sort of one race that the course doesn't suit you to, or it doesn't go as well, there's some sort of mistake, then you can still you can still sort of do, do quite well overall. But I think, uh, I, yeah, I quite like doing a, a series. How have you changed things uh, for 2023? If last season was your like first one, I guess you're going in at sort of not quite knowing what to expect. But this year, do you plan? are you planning things differently? Are you training differently? Um, I've got a, a coach, which, which is uh, is helpful. I think trying to get in some consistent blocks of training before, before the season starts, it, it can be difficult, especially over the winters, the, the weather, late fin- finishing late from work and things like that. But hopefully springtime, sort of trying to pick it up a bit more and get more consistent with things. Yeah, uh, I think also um, like trying to, um, if there's any new kit that you're, you're going to try out, then now is a good time maybe to, to do that because... Um, you can sometimes go into a race and look just that something doesn't work well. And as you know, your laces, you can't get your feet in your trainers and you should have had like a different type. So, so now is a good time to, to experiment on with, with things like that as well. What about like people talk about a work-life balance, but obviously, you know, mm-hmm. training like this, you've got a work-life and your training balance. It, how difficult is that for you? Yeah, it can be difficult. I, I work as a GP. The days can be quite long and intense and sometimes, particularly in the winter, you don't really feel like going out the rain and doing a, a speed work run or something like that. So it's, it's just um, a balance really and yeah, t- trying to uh, try to work things around it. Uh, Paula, how about you? What, what, what's your like work-life training balance like? So I think because I try to plan everything, I we, with my coach, I agree a schedule of when things are going to happen. So I know pretty much every week what days I'm running, what days I'm cycling, what days I'm swimming. And it's not just about that because I also have I also do strength training. So I'm lucky to have a personal trainer as well. So everything is planned. So I know what is happening on every day, what's happening in the morning and what's happening after work. And since the pandemic, working from home has made it so much easier. So that's kind of one of the one of the positive things that has come out of, of the pandemic is home working for me. 
and it enables me to get more training in when I need to, which is good. It's going to get a whole lot busier this year because I'm targeting 10B long course weekend, the, the full distance. So my coach did say to me a couple of weeks ago, Ironman training starts now. And I thought, why am I doing Ironman training? I'm not doing an Ironman. But I didn't really think about it in, in that way. You will absolutely love that. And to go from being a non-swimmer to swimming 2.4 miles open water in Wales, that would be absolutely brilliant. So for those who are listening who perhaps don't know what long course weekend is, it is essentially in a full distance or Ironman distance triathlon spread over three days, isn't it? So the swim is on the Friday afternoon or the Friday evening, depending on the, on the tide times. Then you do the 112 mile cycle on the Saturday and then the marathon run on the Sunday. Now that sounds, well, it sounds hard even on paper, but it's harder because the terrain is so tough. And as you say, because it's spread out, it's actually pretty difficult. And you mentioned earlier, Paula, that running is your favourite. Well, I wonder if on day three, running might not be your favourite. But... Yeah, someone's already warned me about a, an incline quite early on, on the, on the run. Uh, and do you stick, you know, with that in mind now, do you stick absolutely rigidly to your training plan? Is that like sacrosanct, whatever? No, no. I mean, obviously, sometimes things get in the way um, and I might miss a session and I try not to stress about it if I miss a session. I used to move things around and so if I've missed something, try and put it in later. But I think because it, I plan so far in advance and everything similar to what Donald said around planning from the end goal and working backwards. So I've got a build up of events leading to the long course weekend although they're not really apparently they're not they're not events this year they're just training so anything around <laughs> tapering and then resting afterwards doesn't count that you know I don't need to do that because for the event I won't be resting after the bike so I have to start training my body to be able to run on tired legs and you know, that's the sort of thing I wouldn't have thought out thought about um, if I didn't have a coach. And Donald, you said you've got uh, two kids. What ages are the kids? I've got a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. So two boys that keep me very busy and occupied. And yes. This... Does triathlon then become a family thing? It does to a point, yes. They're both, they're, they both enjoy it and they both like competing and they don't do so much training, but they're both in the local swimming club and they come along to the events where they can a lot of them are in school time which is unfortunate and um we don't take them out of school for any of that they they really they really do enjoy it and they get behind it and they like um they like seeing me compete and um i try and train twice a day each day and um it's morning before work so i'll get up early and i'll train before work and then it's not easy getting up early but it's at least you know that session's done then whatever the day throws at you and then i try and do another session in the evening and that works around work family kids club drop off and such so um yeah that'll move around whether it be a turbo or a run or i normally do my running and swimming in the morning and then the biking in the evening where i can go on the turbo and i can maybe do a hour and a half turbo but i'll run up and get one of them from swimming club halfway through or drop them to beavers or cubs and yeah, so I can break a table up. It's a, it's a bit easier. So I follow Donald on Strava, so I get to see what training he does. And more often than not, particularly in the summer, I'll wake up at a time I think is early to go for a swim and I'll flick through Strava and Donald has already done one of those things. <laughs> and I think, oh, that wasn't that early for me. 
What time are you talking, Dan? You've been in the sea, Donald, earlier than 6am on multiple occasions, haven't you? Yes, yeah. quite often, yeah. Yeah, in the summer, yeah. It's, it's light enough and I live right on the coast, so I just put my wetsuit on, drive down and um, go for a swim then. But yeah, quite often at around about six o'clock, I'll train. Yeah. So Claire, what do you think, you know, you're approaching a new season. What are your learnings from last year? What, what are you taking to 2023? Having um, an idea of, of what races you, you want to target and also including more um other races that maybe your goal is more to experience that type of race so i'm going to try a 73 um as well as uh, some of the, the series race uh, shorter uh, races and um also some uh some gravel racing as well as separate to triathlon I, uh, like with, with triathlon um events uh, I think it, um, I've learned that I, I probably need to um, focus on transition a bit more. That, that's an area where I lose a lot of time um, and it's completely new to me. I've, I've never needed to do transitions or anything else. Um, yeah, so, so that's something I, I need to practice. Um, yeah, I think, uh, also another area I, I, I think um, looking at the course before, even if you don't get a chance to wreck it, but looking at the transition, the, um, yeah, the transition area, the exit points is it's, I found uh, there were a few times where I got a bit lost or went the wrong way around. So I think I've learned always look at the transition on, on the day of the event. So. so Claire, you've come from the cycling world, so crits and road racing, to the multi-sport world. Are there any tips that you would share with people who have perhaps come from running or swimming or other sports to triathlon to help with their cycling? Because I'm imagining in that cycling is probably quite a strong a strong leg for you in in a more sport event getting out on on the bike just time on the bike um practicing things like uh you really get better at long climbs by, by doing them um yeah i think it's just time on the bike really and as well as sort of virtual riding and indoor riding it is good and it, it has its place but it's still um you still can't really be getting outside uh i think, I think the you, you don't have the um Obviously, you don't have the technical challenges on, on an indoor trainer. Um, yeah, so I think getting out as much as you can is important. Awesome. Now, I've been specifically told to not be controversial on this uh, podcast. However, where are you on the sock debate? So cyclists, long socks, triathletes, short socks, what's the uh, what's the outcome? I think generally, if I was just riding my bike, it would be long socks. Right. But if in a try, I so far haven't worn socks. <laughs> So I, oh, your cycling friends will not be yeah, happy. Uh, I just think it's too hard to get them on in, in, a, in a panic. So. <laughs> the tan lines must be all yeah. over the place. <laughs> I've got a graded tan on my legs by the end of the season. Danny, you short socks? Uh, I'm whatever ruffles more feathers. <laughs> For a psychological advantage, yeah. Yeah, you know, Paula, I'm I've come I'm sort of come from your camp. So when I joined the tri club, I could swim just about 25 meters and and that was it so what sort of tips would you give to you know the the more novice end of triathlon i would uh probably tell people to focus on their own journey and not worry about what other people are doing but when i go to camp and at tri club and at events actually come across you know the the more experienced and more um capable you know the people who are going to podium and I, you know, can celebrate. Great. That's great for you. <laughs> but for me, I just want to I just want to finish it. And I think that's what people need to focus on. What are they doing it for? For me, it's all about fun. I enjoy it. And that that's what I would say to people. Um, not everyone can get on the podium. There are only three places. Every, there's, you know, there's there's place for everyone to, to complete. 
that's probably what I would say. I feel like um, I've seen a journey of a non-swimmer going to swimming. My, my dad started swimming in his late 40s, early 50s. And he's not been anywhere near as successful as you have, you've been, Paula. So, uh, yeah, I commend you with that. When you set out to start swimming, I know you joined your coach and the, the, the tri group, but did you go to like a, was it an adult's learning session or did you go yourself just to the pool first? What was that first step into swimming? So uh, there's another story around that. So I signed up for the triathlon all in August. It was August 2016 and the triathlon was May 2017. And I thought, I've got <laughs> yes. loads ages. of time. I've got ages. I'll have swimming lessons and, you know, I'll be fine by the time the event comes around. But um, it got to January and I hadn't done anything. And it got to February and I hadn't done anything. And I was talking to the manager of the gym that I went to and he said I can teach you to swim and I was like excellent so I think I had by the time I got in the pool I think I had about eight weeks and I had an hour so my PT sessions became swimming lessons and I would have an hour in the hotel pool mostly on a Friday evening so the people who had come to stay at the hotel would be watching me um, and I he, he taught me to swim in eight weeks taught me to swim probably just under 14 metres, because I'm not sure I could even swim the whole length of, of that pool. Yeah, but that's how it happened. It wasn't until I went to camp that I actually learned how to swim and start to learn um, the techniques. It's actually a lot of, a lot goes into swimming. You're not, and I kind of had no appreciation of that, how technical it can be. So yeah, it wasn't until I went to camp that I actually learned how to swim properly. It's frustrating, isn't it? At least with running or cycling, you try harder and you go faster. Swimming isn't as simple as that, is it? So that's no, good to hear. No, breathing was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about it. What about you, Donald, then? Like for people who have aspirations and you've got a whole wealth of titles to your name, what's, what's the step like from you know coming at a reasonable level in the sport to becoming a, a, a title winner of some significance? I'd say the main thing I do is probably consistency. And that comes with good planning and just making sure that everything around you is in place to make sure you can train consistently and go to the smaller local events, support those. They're really good training grounds. Um, You get to experience that race atmosphere, your transitions. That's where you can make your mistakes, learn how to get on and off your bike in a hurry, which gear you want to be in for something, um, which shoes work best, which give you blisters, which don't. Yeah, use that as your training ground and um, then just keep the training going. The consistency is key, really. And then you will naturally just get better and better to your to your um, best ability, really. And uh, I'm self-coached, but I know um, a lot of people are coached and it's um, whatever motivates you and gives you that structure to get out there and do it. I've been told several times that true accountability comes from within. Donald, do you think you're are you, are you motivated enough to do all the training you need to do? I know your results speak for themselves, but you know, do you think you're missing something by not being coached or are you happy that you're doing everything you can do to be the best athlete you can be? I think I'm doing the best I can do to be the best athlete I can be at the moment. Um, when I say I'm not, I'm self-coached. I, I take advice from people and um, I lean on people a lot. And, but, my schedule is so busy and hectic that um, I squeeze in as much as I can and I hold myself um, accountable for sessions. So I'll make sure I get up for that morning session. I'll know that I've got to run a certain distance at a certain pace, maybe put some hills in. The swim sessions I try and go to with some other people so that I know 
with the pace will be kept up we'll do the right session and again on the bike try and try and ride with others as much as i can um so i'll go out with a club and um we do like a chain gang on a tuesday which is there's no hiding there it's just yeah it's just an, a brutal hour of yeah full-on full gas and it's um it's one of the hardest training sessions of the week um and i do local time trials which they're a good um they're so good for training your triathlon and your time trial positioning and just practicing being full gas for 10 or 25 miles and so yeah lots of little things to test you along the way uh, but yeah i hold myself accountable so if i miss a session i'll be frustrated with myself so yeah i'm i'm pretty good at that yeah i wasn't in any way suggesting that you weren't doing enough quite clearly you are but it's interesting to hear an, in, an insight into your mind a friend of mine who was a coach um he did say to me once he goes you'd be a nightmare to coach goes i don't think anybody would be able to squeeze any more time out of you they'd probably be holding you back rather than pushing forward so yeah as in not holding my performance back but probably rein my training in a bit from what i do at the moment that's great donald dan i think we've had three really interesting insights on this our first podcast we've had such a wide range of um, abilities how people have come into the sport and this this is just a small snippet there are many people like donald paul and claire in our community and i can't wait to meet some more people and hear some more stories but um yes you three have been absolutely brilliant so thank you very much Yeah, thank you for sharing. But we're not going to let you go just yet because we're going to have a little game of what's in the bag. What's in the bag is the one thing that you can't be without or really value at an event. If I'm honest, I'm a little bit concerned about what's going to uh, come out of these bags, but we will uh, we will have a look. So, Donald, what's in your bag? Oh, I'm going to go always have some spare snacks because a hungry racer is a bad racer so snack bars is my one i've got lots of other things in there that are essential but yes right, I'm, snack bars. I'm making a note of that because i know who's back to go to in transition now if i'm feeling a bit mm. peckish paula what have you got in your bag uh mine would be my nose clip because i would not get in the water without it maybe in a pool but probably not <laughs> so is that not because of chlorine is that because of swallowing water it's be- yeah i I can't breathe without it. I don't like swallowing water. Yeah, I'm horrendous in the water. If I didn't have it, it's kind of like a safety blanket, I guess. Excellent. Claire, what's in your bag? Uh, so for me, um, it's a practical one, but electrical tape. Um, I <gasps> just find it um, useful for taping gels to the top tube of my bike. I, yeah, it saves them, sort of them falling out of pockets and you can sort of open them at the same time if you tape them up just at the top. The other thing it's good for is um, they give you a lot of number stickers in the triathlon spot on, on your, your seat post and your, your helmet. And um, you spend quite a long time getting all the sticky glue off your frame afterwards. <laughs> so um, if you put the, that, that as a sort of lining tape, you, you can get it off much more easily. It all comes off in one. <laughs> that is a triathlon hack. That is low-tack tape underneath the number sticker, isn't it? Yeah. That's good. I like that. Claire, Paula, Donald, thanks so much for being with us on Not Another Triathlon podcast, the first one from British Triathlon, and all the best to all of you with your plans and goals for the year ahead. A reminder that British Triathlon Home Nation members will get early access to the next podcast, that along with lots of other benefits, all the details on the website. Dan, enjoyed it? I've very much enjoyed it, and the biggest bullet point on that benefits list should be you get to listen to not only yourself and I, Mark, but the wonderful guests that we're going to have on in future. 
Brilliant. Okay. Uh, Dan, great to be with you. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.